This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 174 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Today, we are lucky to have in my little podcasting studio a very special guest because we are going to talk about what this special guest of mine loves to do everywhere we go, every chance he gets. So today's topic is going to be all about fishing and my special guest is Luke Rayo. So Luke, welcome to my podcasting world. Hello. So Let's talk a little bit about your favorite topic, fishing. So tell me what got you interested in fishing? My family has always been around the outdoors, and as soon as they took me fishing, the thrill in my body of the first fish I caught stuck with me until now. Do you remember what your first fishing trip was? Nope. So back when you were an itty-bitty Cub Scout, we used to take our Cub Scout pack every summer. We would go to one of our local state parks and they had a fishing day on their pier just for Cub Scouts. So we would always go buy hot dogs and buy worms and us adults would help you guys fish. And it always seemed like you were always the one that caught the most fish every time that we went. So you probably have been fishing farther back than you even remember. So what about when, um, what is your first memory of fishing? I remember we were at a church retreat and they had a boat and I remember sitting on my dad's lap with the pole and I don't remember much after that. So what about memories of you actually catching your fish all by yourself? Do you have any memories of that? I do. So on our yearly trip up to Yellowstone, we like to explore a lot. So 
we ended up finding a spillway and we just started fishing not knowing what we would get and then we came to find out that that was the best spot where all the fish were so um going exploring around the national park we had to go further into wyoming we had to go further into montana and just by looking at maps and finding where the fishing lakes were or the rivers were because fishing up in the mountains and some of that fast moving water is a lot different than fishing along the coast right so what are some of the differences fishing along the coast versus um, fishing up into the faster moving waters what are some things that you have to pay attention to well back where we're at you know a lot of people go to Galveston, a popular fishing spot, and you can go out for miles, offshore fishing, and off the beach, you can go anywhere, but up on a mountain, like us, we, we would find mountain lakes, and and that's just a limited area, so either you fish off the bank or you fish on the water. Okay. And a lot of that water up there, too, if we don't find a mountain lake, a lot of that water is fast-moving streams because where's all that water coming from? Off the snow. Yeah, the snow melt. So it's pushing down the mountainside, and it's pushing through the waterway. And one thing that's really different is the equipment that you have to use. So fishing along the coast versus fishing inland or on the, on the mountainside, the equipment is a lot different. So we kind of had to learn trial by error over the years, you know, finding fishing spots for the boys to fish and not only to fish, but how frust is it frustrating to you if you fish all day and don't even get a nibble? Is it frustrating? No. Once you get to a point where you love something, it, it doesn't get okay. to that point. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's awesome. But we wanted, of course, our, our boys, we wanted them to be successful eventually um, to fish and to be able to hook onto something and to, to bring something in, to cook it, to eat it, whatever. So um, over the years, we started doing more and more research. So we'd find these little fishing holes. You know, sometimes we were successful, but mostly not. So we started talking to locals. So where were some places that we would go visit? Well, we started to go to sporting goods stores that sell rods and bait. And we started to ask the customers and the staff because it seems everybody up there wants to fish. And we took what they said, what bait we should use, what lakes we should visit, and we took that all into consideration. So whenever we have a chance, we try out that stuff, and then sometimes it works. Yeah, and we even discovered a lot of the little convenience stores, the little small town communities, their little grocery stores. It seemed like they sold mostly fishing stuff versus just groceries because everybody up in those little mountain towns, it seems like they're all into fishing in the outdoors. So we were able to visit with them and to learn some of their tricks and techniques to be successful. So tell us some experiences that you've had when we followed the advice of the locals and we went fishing to where they told us to go. We kept getting recommendations to visit this one mountain lake that wasn't too far from our camp. So once we had a day off, we started to make our way to that lake. It took us 30 minutes to get to the turnoff. 
then we got to the road, we started to regret our decisions because it was a one lane dirt road that was switchbacky up maybe a thousand feet straight up. Yep. And we had to even put our truck into four wheel drive a couple times, didn't we? Yeah. Did we see, what kind of wildlife did we see on that road? In the daytime, just the normal deer, birds, squirrels, all that. But at nighttime, that's when stuff starts coming out. We saw an elk there. We saw a moose. Mm -hmm. And we saw a huge grizzly bear. Yeah. And we also had a meeting with the local ranger that patrolled the area, the Forest Service ranger. And remember how he was telling us that he was a resident grizzly bear and he was starting to get a little bit accustomed to the campers who were camping up atop of that mountain and he was starting to come into their campsites. So they were actually trying to trap and relocate that bear because what happens when the wildlife gets a little bit too comfortable and desensitized to humans? Sometimes people can see that as nice and then feed it and then it starts getting more close and then one one slip up and a lot of people get hurt right but what do they do with the animal that is desensitized oh they gotta either kill it or tranquilize it yeah a lot of times they'll have to put it down because even if they relocate it it's gonna have those same habits so you never ever 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 want to feed any kind of wildlife when you're out in nature but back to your mountaintop lake. So once we get up to this, um, the top of the mountain and snake our way around this switchbacky road and we find the little dirt hill that they call a boat launch, um, we discovered the most beautiful lake on the very top of this mountain. So tell us a little bit about your experiences when we discovered this lake. Well, it all started last year. We came up to this lake and we didn't know what we were doing, so we came up, and it was a beautiful lake. It was wide open, and there was a few campsites, but we got to the boat ramp, and we decided, let's fish here. So we started to fish, and from then, we couldn't go anywhere else. So since all the lake was so thick with brush and trees, and we were looking at people starting to launch their boats and kayaks, and I guess that gave my dad an idea. Yeah. So, did you catch anything that first year? I don't think we did. Because, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. We just pulled up and there was nowhere to go. Yeah, you really didn't have much space to be able to cast out and um, not get tangled up in the trees that were all the way around the, the water's edge. So, But what was this great idea that you guys had for this coming year? So, once we got back, my dad was looking for a boat an inflatable boat. So his his thought was if we get a, get a boat, we can get out in the middle of the lake and then catch a lot more fish. So all year we did our research and we tried to find a good, sturdy, inflatable boat that was um, not only able to take us to the middle of this mountain lake, but we also wanted to be able to all get into it and be comfortable as we fished in the middle of the water. So um, after much research and price shopping and brand shopping and reading reviews, we found a really nice five-man inflatable boat. 
and uh, we decided to take a chance. So we ordered it and it arrived before our trip. And um, yeah, so that's what we decided to do on this year's adventure. So once we got back up to our mountain lake this year, um, we decided to give it a try. So this year, um, Luke was the one in charge of making sure the boat was everything, had everything we needed, all of our gear, all of our fishing tackle, our rods. Of course, I was in charge of making sure we had the sunscreen and um, the waters and making sandwiches the day before. So we had good lunches taking care of my boys but um so luke's job luke was in charge of this he was going to be the little skipper of our little raft and so we unloaded it we got our way up to the lake and we parked our truck and we unloaded this raft and opened it up and then the fun began right <laughs> what did you guys have to do well my dad used the excuse that Oh, his knee was hurting, so I had to blow up that whole boat by myself. But you didn't, you didn't like blow it up with a with your mouth. No, you had to use a what? An air pump. Yeah, you did have like an air pump, which helped. A manual. <laughs> right. Well, good thing you're in football, huh? You had lots of those muscles working, because that's a lot of air that had to go into that boat. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. But um, so, yeah, dad and Luke were in charge of getting that raft blown up and I was on bear patrol. So I was on the lookout, making sure that we weren't visited by that resident grizzly bear that had been frequenting the area just not too long ago. So but anyway, so we got the boat blown up. Then what? Then we loaded it up with all the tackle. And then, yeah, the tackle, the poles, the lures a bait then we brought it to the water's edge and then that's where the that's where the real fun began why is that mm, dad got in the back and he floated the whole boat <laughs> well so if you if you vi paint this picture okay beautiful cool day nice cool crisp mountain breeze right birds are chirping the sun is out light breeze here we are in the boat getting the boat ready to launch you know we wear our our moisture wicking clothing our sun hats our flip-flop shoes what's dad what's dad wearing jeans and working boots he had those cowboy boots on and i was so afraid that he was gonna shift himself and pop that boat right in the middle of the water with his boots but fortunately that didn't happen 
So, yeah, that was when the fun began, is actually getting into that boat and casting off into the middle of the water. But once we got out there, um, so things to think about, you know, planning ahead if you're going to do something like this on a trip is once you get out there, then what? So one of the things that we had to order along with our boat was an anchor. So we had to order the anchor so we could stay put, I guess, when we were fishing. And then we ordered um, extra rope because the anchor rope wasn't very long and we had absolutely no idea how deep this river or this mountain lake was um, once we got out there. So we had, I think, 100 foot of rope just in case. But anyway, those extra little things that we had to have. And then, of course, we had our life jackets um, just to be on the safe side because, again, you know, you're just entering the world of the unknown and being as safe as we can be um, out there in the in the lake. So, um, so we get out there and, and the boat came with nice oars, nice paddles. Um, I sat in the middle. You know, Luke was on one side, John was on the other, and they were paddling, and that was quite entertaining, trying to watch these two knuckleheads sync up their paddling skills. But once we got to where we thought we needed to be, we dropped the anchor, and that's when the fun began. So tell me about tell me about your experience once we were out there. Well, first we had to, we had to navigate across this big old lake, because... There would be fish on one side, but no fish on the other. So we had to find the most calm spot to fish in. So once we got to that spot, we dropped the anchor, and Mom grabbed her phone. We grabbed our poles. Then we started to fish. I was bobber fishing, and my dad was using a what is it? A reel lure? I think it's called bait casting. Yeah, that. So for the record, there's no cell service on the top of a mountain. And I wasn't playing on my phone. I was taking pictures and video of y'all doing what y'all do best. So, what I put on the end of mine is, well, I had a bobber. So, I put little, little red, little salmon eggs on it. The squishy ones. And that seemed to work really well. That's what the local guy recommended, wasn't it? Is that where yeah. you got those at the local bait shop? So, I was catching fish, and my dad wasn't having too much luck. His thought was, well, we didn't know too much about the fish in the lake. We knew a little bit because of the little handbook they gave us. But he thought if he threw in something that they haven't seen, they would bite it. How'd that work for him? Not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we just kept on fishing all day. And, yeah, it was real fun. So what was the advantage of having that raft this year? Oh, we, c we could get out so much farther. Yeah, we were able to discover some nooks and crannies around the other side of the lake that you couldn't see from the boat ramp um, because of the way the, the trees were in the, um, the edge of the lake. So we were able to paddle our way around where that tree, those tree lines were and um, able to get into some little cove and lots of fish were tucked under those, those rocks. So what did you catch? Do you remember what those were? We caught a little bit of a variety. We caught a couple grayling. We caught some cutthroat, rainbow trout, and cut bows. So what is a cut bow? It's a cross between a rainbow and a cutthroat. Okay. Very cool. So once you limited out on your daily bag of fish, um, tell me what happened next. 
Oh, uh, we took them all back to shore, and we we cleaned them. So mm -hmm. we cut open the stomach, took out all the guts, and then cut off the head. Okay. Then what? And then we came back to the camper. Then I fried them up. So, yeah, so Luke and John were able to have freshly caught fried fish. And of course, I don't eat seafood or fish, so they got to eat all of it. But apparently, um, it was some of the best fish, so they said, that they've ever eaten because of the type of fish it was. And apparently, trout, you have to um, cook right then and there and, and cook fresh. It doesn't freeze very well. So they just were in heaven with the taste of their fish. So for all of y'all um, people that like to cook out there and, you know, game cook and cook your fish that you catch, tell everybody um, how you actually prepared it because I know there's a lot of people listening that are interested in what happens. And there's a big thing um, called now that you've now that you've caught it. So awesome, you caught your fish. Now now what do I do with this thing? So there's a there's a big um, educational movement, I guess. A lot of people that are introducing new people to fishing, it's only half the battle to catch the fish because once you bring it in, you have to continue that education and teach people now what. So they're learning how to fillet it, how to clean it properly and safely, and finally, how to cook it to bring it to the table. Now, a lot of people, when they go fishing... They think of out in the water, catching fish, having a good time, but they forget about coming back and dealing with that fish they caught. So, what people, what the first step is, once you catch your fish, bring it back, is to clean it. This is how I filleted my fish. So, on the underbellies of the fish, there should be a little vent. It's a dark spot near their tail. tail. So, you want to stick your knife through the vent, Go all the way up to the head. Then once you've done that, you want to keep on working your way through. Then once it's pretty opened, the stomach, you want to take out all the organs. And once that's all cleaned, you want to cut the head off. And then make sure you clean it well, either with bottled water or just the lake water. Because you want to make sure you don't drop it on the dirt. Or get any other yeah. contamination inside the fish once you've got it opened up to get ready to prepare to, to eat, right? So that is that the last thing that y'all did once you filleted it is to rinse it off in the water? I think that was the I last thing. So, yeah. yeah. So after we did that, you put them up in Ziploc bags, mm -hmm. just rolled them up yep. and stuck them on ice on the ice chest. Okay. So explain to me, because um, obviously I don't cook fish so explain to me how you prepared your dinner that evening with those fish well so what I did is I kept the fish in the bag then I used a mixture of flour breadcrumbs and seasonings, salt and pepper and then I rolled them around in that and then I didn't need any eggs because they were already pretty wet so you get your oil hot on the pan, and then you drop them in. But to do that, you gotta stick the back up, and then the fillets you gotta spread out so they're down in the oil. And it stunk. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> it stunk to me. But yeah, so you filleted them or you fried them, right? You deep battered them, basically. And about how long do you cook it? What are you looking for to know that it's done? I don't really do timing. I just look for golden brown. Okay, so you waited till the, the outer crust was golden brown and it was ready yep. to serve, right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. And um, how many nights did we get to do that? Seemed like every night. Yeah, that's pretty much what we did this trip. So this was a huge improvement from the previous years because we've been building every year, it seems like, learning new places, talking to different people. This year, of course, we had our inflatable raft. Um, What are some advantages this year versus the others? Well, one thing is you have less people going because usually we would have all six of us plus two dogs and but as the year went on people our family got jobs and went off to college and stayed home with the dogs so now last two years it was just me my mom and my dad so we had we had a lot more opportunity so luke was playing only child right (laughs) yeah so what are some, um, yeah, you're right. So we had more opportunity. We were able to all get into that boat um, this year because it's totally different. So what are some advantages of having um, that versus the bank? I just think that, I mean, there obviously there's more fish out in the middle and you can readjust your boat on the bank you just had right there because that's a dangerous place up there with all the wildlife and all that. Mm-hmm. So, on the water, you can move around a lot more. Yeah, that's true. And you were able to kind of chase the fish. So, when you see them yeah. biting over here, we'd, you know, pull up the anchor and we'd go to where they were biting. And we'd fish there for a little bit. And then we'd, they'd stop. And then you kept moving. Um, what else? Well, because up there, the storms are weird. So, <laughs> you might have a windy, windy, uh, windy period for about 10 minutes so the fish where they were just at starts to get rough water then at the other side of the lake it's calm and that's where all the fish start hitting again yeah you mentioned uh, those mountain storms Uh, we'd have a sunny clear day not a cloud in the sky and about 30 minutes later you'd see the clouds building and um, all of a sudden this huge mountain storm would roll in on top of us and so we quick you know pulled up our anchor and we'd have to start paddling back to the shore because the raindrops hurt up there don't they it's like it you can't explain it if you've never been in a mountain rainstorm it's something it's cool um but it just it comes across and it downpours and we even got into some hail remember that day it was hailing so hard and i mean we were just soaked but it was it was really cool but we had to take shelter of course because it was lightning so we got off the water um but just things to be prepared because now um, now that we're in the middle of the water, you have to think ahead of, well, at least I do all the what ifs, you know, what if it starts raining? How quickly can we get to shore if it's lightning? Because that's the last place we want to be is in the middle of a mountain lake. Um, what six, 7,000 feet up high, that much closer to the clouds and the lightning bolts. So planning ahead and being prepared and having that having that escape route, so to speak, if we had to get off the water, you know, how quickly can we get off the water and get to get to shelter until it passes. So take away from this trip and looking ahead to next year, what are some things that you would do differently or change? 
you know, this year was kind of my dream trip. It's, you know, we went into the park. We've done the boardwalks. Then we got to fish, which was very enjoyable. But I know next year we're getting a bigger boat. So, you just got to look forward to that. I wish, I just wish next year is going to be like this year. Yeah. What was, I don't know if you even realized what you said, but do you remember what you told us when we were leaving this year from our trip? What's it? You were like, this was the best trip ever. And it was all because of the whole the yeah. fishing experience that you had. So what are some things that we're going to do? Um, I know we're getting a bigger boat. Dad's already got, you know, his eye on some, what do you say? Are they seven man boats I think or eight like, man boats? Because yeah. now he wants a seat back. <laughs> in his inflatable seat back oh my goodness um so there's that and then i think this the new boat that he's looking at has fishing rod holders well this one had them did it yeah oh well i was on my phone mm-hmm. <laughs> taking pictures <laughs> so yeah. what else are we going to do differently to make our trip better next year well something that would be useful is you know a better net it's the only net we brought was a backpacking net a little collapsible one and I don't think that one's too good on fishing days. Right. Yeah, that was and that was my other job, right, was to net the fish. So as soon as Luke would catch one or get one on his line and he'd start, you know, he set the hook and started reeling it in, um, it was my job to scoop it up when he got it close to the boat. And that little collapsible net wasn't always the best. Yeah. I might have lost maybe one or two of his fish because of that stupid net so yeah that's definitely on our um list our packing list for next year's fishing trip is a is a good net with maybe a longer handle so i can reach out there a little bit further and scoop it up there for you yeah anything else that we're gonna do different no well now that we know our good fishing spot maybe we can start doing some research ahead of time on um, when the best time to fish is, you know, see yeah. if there's any um, blogs or any forums out there from some of the locals that are talking about, you know, what they caught when and the spawning and all that fish talk to see what time of year and time of day is best to go. Mm-hmm. So any last parting comments that you'd like to say to those excited fishermen out there that want to make their way up to a mountain top and start exploring and hitting on the mountain fish Mm, he's always trying new things when fishing yeah because you never know what you're gonna hook yourself into right (laughs) that was dumb (laughs) so all right well i appreciate you spending very precious time out of your busy and hectic schedule mr lucreo Mm -hmm. um so there is no better classroom than the outdoors roaming the woods and waters and making memories that will last a lifetime my name is heidi rayo and i have with me luke rayo and you have heard another north american outdoors podcast For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at NorthAmericanOutdoors. Have a great day. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.